Welcome to the Rogues on the Road podcast, where we talk food, beverage, travel, and everything in between. Welcome to Rogues on the Road. We're here at the Chico and Sons in Brewster. I'm Rich. I'm Matt, and uh, we're very excited. We've got two, we've got one special guest, and then we have a second impromptu guest. Uh, but I want to introduce Alex uh, from the Rare uh, Rare Barrel Beer Company in Berkeley, California. Welcome. Thank you very much. Excited to be here, guys. You, yeah, you, f- you flew out a long way to get here. Oh, yeah. And you have a huge following uh, and a lot of fans out here. And one of them is our impromptu guest. We've got, we've got beer manager... Which is that really a job? No, no. I mean, yeah, beer, beer director <laughs> beer, slash beer director, merchant of joy is my official. I think that's title. better. I think that's better. Be an expert, Brendan O'Brien. Hello. Hello, welcome, welcome back. This is your second time with us. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure you've got a lot to talk about with this uh, this famous uh, rare barrel sour beers. You're, you're, you're giving us too much credit. We just, we just like making sour beer and drinking sour beer. That's and that's all you do, man. right? That's it. You just do sour beers. Pretty much, pretty much, okay. yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll get more into the finer details of that when we talk about our sour IPAs and stuff. But for the most part, barrel-aged sour beers, that's our jam. That's your jam. And that's your niche. And sour, Rich likes sour beers. I've just discovered them in like last 18 months. And um, they started off a little raw around here. It, but yeah. then the sour world has exploded. Because um, it's become more balanced, and I think so many other flavors have come through, as we've learned with Evan at, at um, Plan B Plan Brewery. B, right. And I'm, I'm starting to see all these different characteristics coming out in sour beers and how diverse they can be and how beautiful they are. They're really kind and of... And you're not really a sour kind of guy, are you? I'm not, and I love this. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. So... How'd you get your start? How did this all come to be? Yeah, so we, we got our start. I mean, back when we started, there weren't a whole lot of options for sour beers in California. I mean, you could, you could get Russian River if you were lucky, some New Belgium stuff if you were lucky, some of the East Coast stuff, uh, Lost Abbey. Um, but a lot of times you had to kind of like know the bottle shop owner. You had to line up at the brewery. Right. And there just weren't a whole lot of people making them. And uh, we, my partner Jay and I, Okay. College roommates naively, when we graduated UCSB, said, "What do we want to do? Well, let's start a brewery. Absolutely. We love home brewing, and we love beer, and we love hanging out with people and talking about beer." So, but we didn't know what kind of brewery we wanted to start. And so, over the years, uh, we ended up just leaning towards drinking sour beers, and that's what we wanted to and drink. And so, did you start ha- off doing sour beers? So straight from the get go. From the get go, for the rare barrel, yes, yeah, right. we started off uh, like 2012 is when we said. We're going to be an all-sour beer company. Okay. And we did that and back then because that's what we loved to drink. We had a hard time finding it. Yeah, so yeah, we figured yeah. if we couldn't find <laughs> sour beers, maybe other people would want more sour beer too. Right, right, right. And then uh, we had a unique situation where my partner Jay uh, was actually making sour beer at the brewery in California. He was a B-R-U-E-R-Y. Right. Um, he, he was the head of the barrel aging program when, when he left to start the Rare Barrel with me. So um, we kind of connect the dots between those three. And back then, you know, everyone told us we were crazy for only making sour beer and yeah, not right. making 
an IPA and, yeah. to hold us over for the yeah. year long that took where we were filling up barrels. <laughs> and then everyone told us we were still crazy and kept telling us we were crazy. And then finally, be- less yeah, people were telling us we were crazy. Good for you yeah. for <laughs> sticking with it. I mean, that's a, it's a bold niche to do. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's why you have such a big following is that you stuck to your guns and you're like, this is what we love. This is what we want to develop. And this is kind of who we are. I mean, I, I think in like in any, in not just beer, just in any, in any industry, if, if you love what you do and you're passionate about it, I'm optimistic that you can find a way to, to, to do something. Absolutely. To get a revenue stream. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what, so explain the sour... So you decided to make the sours after you've been brewing for, for quite some time. And is every single sour that you make, does it, does it have some kind of barrel aging to it? Yes. It every does. sour that we make has some sort of barrel component to it. And does it always have to be barreled or is that your thing as well? Sours don't have to be barreled. You could have a kettle sour yep. or you could have a quick sour. And those you can turn around in, in a few weeks, like right. most beers, and they can just see stainless steel. Right. Uh, but the type of beer that we're making um, has to be barrel-aged from our perspective. Oak barrels? Uh, oak barrels, okay. yeah. yeah. Most of the barrels that we use at the Rare Barrel have had red wine in them oh. for about five years, so they're, they're considered neutral oak barrels. They're going to have a little bit of oak character, but not, not a bright oak character that you'd oh. get from something new. And the aging process is much longer than a regular beer, right? Yes, it is. It is. It's sometimes a lot more like wine in that aspect, too. Wow. For us, um, you know, it's our aging time started off around one year. Now it's maybe close to like nine months okay. for a beer. Which is quite a while. Yeah. That's a commitment, oh, yeah. though. I mean, you make... It, 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 you're taking a chance making a sour to begin with, right? Yeah. Are, and I would yeah. love to know, like, the variables that you can control and the variables that you really can't control. Yeah. So you invest time and money into making the sour. It's a lot different than other beers because you know within weeks what you're, what you're you know, or, or within a week what you're dealing with. But you're now aging it, and, the, and things could go wrong at the end of that as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you want to just jump to what's gotten, gone wrong, <laughs> we've, got, we've, we'll we've done it all. We'll be here all night. We, we always learn we've from our mistakes. That is, that is so true. And that's, I mean, that's the most important part. It's okay to make mistakes just as long as you learn from them. That's, what, that's, all, that's science-based yeah, learning right there. Exactly. And, and for us, you know, when we started the Rare Barrel, the other people we were chatting with said, you'll probably dump around 5% of what you're going to make. So we said, okay, well, why don't we just factor in we're going to dump 10%. Right. That gives us a little more wiggle room to focus on quality and only blending the best barrels in with our beer. And I'd say on average for each batch that goes into barrels, we dump about 10% of, of those barrels from each batch. Right. You know, you're going to have, and, and that's, that's just because you're, you're taking a beer and let's say you fill up 10 oak barrels. Each of those 10 oak barrels that have the same beer going into it are going to be slightly different because oak for each of those barrels is different and it's porous and it was a living organism. Right. And so you're just going to have some things that go sideways. Um, so you could put this, if you did 10 barrels, you, they may be different um, from, from different cooperages, different. Yeah. From different oh, cooperages. Wow. It might've had, one might've had, you know, our beer in it beforehand. 
Gotcha. But another one might be a new neutral barrel from a from a winery that just came in, and so you have those slight variations there. And which those can is, make those can make big differences. It can make sure. it can make these differences, which can lead to yeah, we'll dump one out of ten of those barrels. Okay. But it can also that's that there's a real beauty in that too because that that's kind of where you can get some really amazing unique flavors that when you blend those nine good barrels back together you have something that's so much more uh complex than it would be if it was just a homogenous all nine of the same beers in those barrels yeah that's interesting that's very similar to the whiskey blending industry where you're you're choosing barrels for their characteristics and how they will marry well together oh yeah i had no idea or not right Right. I had no idea. You, I didn't realize you were blending the barrels. I thought each barrel was... So you blend them together. Yeah, so we, we blend them together. Um, and it's, that's, that's where I think the real art comes into making sour beer. You know, we, we say that it's, it's a mix of art and science. And I think in general, making beer or any sort, of, any sort of fermented beverage does require a mix of art and science. For us, the, a lot of the, the science comes in best practices for how to treat the barrels and how to treat the yeast and bacteria that are fermenting the beer and how to make a good wort for those yeast and bacteria to ferment and all those practices that you do in moving beer from one tank to another that preserve the quality and then the the blending side of things is this real art where you're able to essentially taste through all these different barrels and find these different unique flavors in all these different barrels right. and kind of pick and choose which barrels to blend together to create a beer. You know, if you have, we have around maybe 700-ish oak barrels in our house and maybe, you know, 10% of those are ready at any given time to be blended. Wow. And so if you think about that, you know, that's 70 oak barrels to choose from. And that's so many different directions you can go in when you're blend, trying to pick five of them to blend together. It's kind know? of overwhelming. It's a, it's overwhelming, but really but fun. Really fun. Yeah. So much fun. And do you guys, do you all, does your team all get together and kind of talk about it uh, almost like a chef would? Like this works. This oh, yeah. I think this would yeah. go with this. And would you take part of one barrel and all of another barrel? Well, or we, we usually only work in uh, units of full barrels because once we, you know, we have a rule around the, the, the rare barrel that if you, if you take the bung off the barrel, the bung is what is kind of that, that plugs the hole in the top of the barrel. Yeah. Uh, you can only take the bung off the barrel if you are moving beer into or out of that barrel. Once that bung comes off, it's, it's done. done. Yeah, so, you, so we, don't, we don't ever take it off unless we're going to empty the barrel or blend it. Um, so that's why we, we work in full units of, okay. of barrels. But to go back to the blending side of things, it's so much fun because it's a very collaborative process uh. of, of everyone on our team talking about it. Um, we, we like to say that, you know, we all, when it comes to tasting flavors, both good and bad, we have our superpowers and we have our, our weaknesses. We have those flavors that we're very, all very good at. And you might not know it right now if you're listening to this, but there are flavors that you have that you can really pick out that the person next to you might be totally blind to. Right, right, right. So the, we, we really feel strongly that we need to blend as a team and try these beers as a team and have a QC program that works with a lot of people and everyone in our brewery is invited to participate so that you can, you can find those blind spots that maybe I can't find, someone else can find it, and we can 
pick apart the beers. Sounds the like a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> well, when you do have to do QC tasting yeah, early yeah, in the yeah. morning, you're like, I don't, I don't want a beer at 9 a.m. No, right, right. It, it can be terrible, but the other 99% of like, the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody thinks it's so glamorous, but uh, it, it takes yeah, a toll I'm on sure. you. Oh, sure. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, like, but, it's management. But it's better than, you know, having to fill out TPS reports. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you, <laughs> thank God for that. Do you ever, um, do you ever have like, like a beer fest aha moment where you like, you're not sure how you, you know, you pop the bung, you get ready to taste it. You have an idea of what it's going to taste like, but it's so much more or kind of, or the other, or, or, or the other way. Right. Oh yeah, you get the you get the whole spectrum of ahas of aha, this is amazing and oh, this uh-oh. is something that we could do. Or, oh yeah, oh, oh what I, happened? I did not know this flavor existed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know what to call it because yeah, yeah. of the vocabulary for this flavor, and we should dump this or, or oh, this is interesting. Yes. We're gonna let it sit and kind of see how that changes. That's amazing. But, but also the you know aha and beer fest, yeah. I would say. For me, I find beer festivals still so inspiring because you get to try so many different beers, and pe- there's so much unique stuff going on in craft beer right now. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you see that too here. Oh yeah, every day is a new adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's always, you know, every time a new brewer comes on, it's how are we going to push the bar? What are we going to do different that's going to stand out? What what do I feel like I want to do as a brewer to, to you know... Like, find your voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's very artistic. Absolutely. I think it, it's it becoming harder and harder because there is such a, a vast amount of breweries opening that trying to find a unique voice in, in that is, you know, really challenging. I think it's why you find brewers now uh, going back to traditional and kind of reviving styles, doing their own twist on it. Uh, not... Everybody can make an IPA, and I'm grateful for that. Definitely, yeah, right. that you know, <laughs> you guys are doing. <laughs> Although you different. did do an IPA, which you're going to fill us in on. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah we're trying sour IPAs. <laughs> I had flour to flour the other day, and I oh, know that cool. wouldn't fall under that umbrella, but I was floored by that beer. But like the the way you know that uh, the complexity of a hot bill can play off a wild ale, uh, something spontaneously fermented, just really kind of complex on its own and then taking wet hops and their complexity is really fun I think that's the stuff that's pushing the envelope these days the hop varieties we have to play with your base beers things like that how they're interacting is really I I think the forward thinking breweries like the rare barrel understand something like that you know yeah, yeah, just yeah, just nice. when you think things are kind of like either getting saturated, there's just so many cool new things coming out. That, yeah, yeah, you know, five years ago, I think Vinny gave me my first sour, and I spat it out. <laughs> 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 and it's because my it, it's also because your palate needs time to get used to it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. if you're it's there's a palate shock that right. you go through. It's kind of like coffee, you know, like if you've never had coffee before and you suddenly slam a, a, a you know a big mouthful of really good coffee it could be right. the best coffee in the world 
if you're not ready for that bitter, complex note, it, it, it's going to throw you off a little bit. That's that's so true. I um, my my first time I had a sour beer, someone just handed it to me, and I took a big sip, and I didn't know what to make of it, and I, was, I handed it right. back, and I was just like, okay, well, that was that. <laughs> that's different. And, and, and now you're and like then, you're you're bathing in it. Well, the, <laughs> the, the second time I had a sour beer, someone uh, went to go order a La Folie, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get one too, and she was like, well. Just so you know, this is a sour beer. It's okay. a little different from what you're used to. It's tart, acidic. And she kind of primed me, right. essentially my mind to be open to something different. That's cool. And so when I went to take a sip of it, I was I was ready and I was I knew I was getting something yeah. different. Right. A little it's, more accepting than somebody blindly handing it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's so important if you like if you're introducing someone to a sour beer for the first time, just let them know, hey, this you know, is different. This is different. It's yeah. not what just forget the word beer. Right. It, might right. al- it might often be more similar to cider yeah. or wine yeah. or champagne. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think one of the things we face, too, as Americans, I think from the time you're a child, you're primed on a sweet palate. You grow up eating candy, drinking soda. So true. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're a culture that has to come around to understanding acidity in, in beverages. And I think, you yeah. know, people that are into, you know, white wine with the highest city understand it or more traditional beers from Germany and Belgium. I think it's, it, you know, we've, we've turned that corner here in America, but I think that was the struggle is, you know, 10 years ago, you gave somebody something and they had only had sweet beverages their whole life. Right. right. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> and I, it also, it also helps to, uh, like if you're guiding someone through it, like when, when we first arrived here, the beer that I'm drinking here was handed to me, but before it wasn't intentional. But bef- before I drank it, he explained what went. I'm not going to say what went into it because you're going to explain that. But yeah. what went into it, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I can. Now I've got a an idea of what I'm in for, and I can taste all of those the the kiwi and the lemon verbatim, and you know that helps. And if so, if you've got a guide, absolutely. Yeah. What makes a sa- how do you make a sour sour? There you go. Oh, yeah. Great question. Thank you. I probably should have Started said that, that two minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Not but, <too> um, <laughs> so as as y'all probably know, you know, beer is fermented with yeast. Yep. And we still have yeast in all of our beers. Um, but what puts the sour in sour beer is bacteria. And it's bacteria that we're all used to eating already. It's similar strains of bacteria that you find in cheeses, yogurts, yogurts, right, right, sourdough bread, okay. all that stuff. Lactobacillus is uh, the primary family of bacteria that we use, uh, but there's also Pediococcus. Right. And that needs a lot of management? It what? Does it need a lot of management? Um, yes. And the management that, that we give that has to do with temperature right. and time and when you add that bacteria. Okay. So we, we often like to let the beer ferment without the bacteria to start, okay. and then we add the bacteria in. And how does and the bacteria, I'm a former biology teacher, so I'm yeah. just seeing it on Petri dishes. Uh-huh. When I think of yeast and beer, that you know, there's different ways. I mean, you used to get the dry yeast, and now you can get the acti- you know, activated right, right, right. starter, all that. How yeah. does the bacteria arrive to you, or do you culture your own bacteria? Right, so recently we've, We've hired a, an amazing guy named John, and John's a PhD who runs his own lab on the side and works with us because awesome. he likes beer. And uh, he, he propagates a lot of our yeast and bacteria. Um, we, can, we can get bacteria from brewing labs. You can get bacteria from 
other bottles of beer that you really like and want to propagate it up from that. Right, and make you can capture bacteria from the environment too, which a lot of breweries are doing, which is, is really exciting. Have too. you dabbled in that as well? We haven't dabbled as much in the capturing from like fruits and things like that. That's but probably a different league, right? That That's, uh, well, it's, I don't want to, it's, it's a wild card as right. to whether or not yeah. you're going to get that strain of bacteria that's going to elicit right. those fermentation profiles right. that you want. Right. Um, you can think of it, one example is, you know, we use a lot of Britannomyces yeast in our beers. And there's, you know, um, my numbers are probably gonna be off here, don't quote me on this in any scientific journal, but there are, you know, over a thousand strains of bacteria, or sorry, Britannomyces yeast Just. Uh, in the world. And really only 10 of them or so are really used in making beer. Um, that's not to say that that um, the other, you know, nine hundred plus aren't um, good. couldn't couldn't right, make good right, beer. Right. But you you it's it's tough to find that single organism that is going to have those properties where it it ferments the sugars that you want to ferment, and then it also produces the flavors that you want to produce. It does not produce the flavors that you don't want there, and it does it in the time that you want it to do Damn. it, and then it falls out of solution and just lays dormant when you want it to lay dormant. And you know, it's gotta check all these boxes. Yeah, it's, really. it's really tough. There's so, <laughs> there's so many more variables. So yeah. many variables, and, yeah. and so many variables that can create f flavor profiles that you're after and not at. It, 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 it's, uh, but it's, that's, it's exciting though yeah. too, because- Because you get those aha moments. Like, I think that's a very exciting frontier of, of beer that has, has always been exciting and I think is continuing to just be exciting you know you can hops are amazing you can you know it's a huge component of beer and why yeah. beer tastes so good but everyone can get the hops that they want to get you know if you right. know the right company or the right, right. friends with the right brewery right. you can get mosaic you can get strata all these cool hops right. um but yeast and bacteria there's there's so much Still so kind much of unexplored out there and kind i don't of a wild know west. i don't know yeah. if that will ever get boring yeah, I mean, he, Evan from Plan B doesn't he? He harvests He's from from grape grape skins, wild yeast. And yeah, yeah, all about the terroir on his farm. I mean, yeah. he, he's you know cultivating yeast strains off of things he's growing, but also obviously with his apiary, you know, there's a a huge uh, honey property that you know he's working with yeast from from his bees essentially. Oh, and then cool. yeah. and then yeah, and now yeah. and you guys awesome. get to connect. Yeah. And, you know, you now have another collaboration and like that's just or discovery. And it's just a really cool world of in the brewing industry that most people are, are, are kind of not fully aware of. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, like the yeah, aside from the like the science fun side of things, I mean, the community in the beer world is so much fun. It's like it's it's like you're. It's like you just assume everyone is like instantly friends, and you yeah. like, right, right, can right. like jump past the like small talk real quick. Kids in a candy and store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did this. Oh, oh my god! god. You know, you're making that. beers together, and you just met a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Let me try yours. Yes. Dear mom, beer <laughs> camp was great this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, you you've brewed the you've brewed the beer. Yeah. You've pitched your yeast. It's gone through a fermentation. You yeah. pitch your bacteria, bacteria strains. Yeah. And then what happens? Yeah, so why don't we just pretend I'm talking about Let's uh, do oh, it. this beer in front of you, a wish Witches for wings walk. that work. Oh, dude, you got to try this. And, <laughs> um, and with a wish for wings that work, you know, that 
when we get to that point where we've done a primary fermentation for a few weeks, then we move the beer into barrels. And that's generally the point where the bacteria gets introduced. The reason we don't generally introduce the bacteria in the beginning, right, with the yeast, which we used to do, but we learned that, you know, in the end, bacteria is going to win. And right. you know, probably how it's going to be on planet Earth, too. <laughs> yep. Um, and it, the reason it's going to win in the end is because it's, you know, it, there's a, a yeast and bacteria component, but there's also a yeast versus bacteria component in these beers. And the bacteria is going to acidify the environment. It's going to produce lactic acid, sometimes acetic acid, depending on the strain, maybe other acids. And that is what the lactic acid is what can make the sour beer taste so good and put that the sour in sour beer. But it also makes for an inhospitable environment for the, for the yeast. yeast. So you want the yeast to have a healthy head start and then let the bacteria and then kill come in. A, a mass, <laughs> like a mass extinction. Shine down. Oh God, this has been the greatest. I've made trillions of babies. <laughs> and, now, and now I'm suffocating. Yeah. Very poetic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to cry a little. Brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be like the movie 300. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I'll bring this up on my counselor. An epic, epic ballad. Um, but um, so then the, you know, the bacteria and yeast have this very interesting mixed culture of fermentation going on for months where they're kind of playing off of each other and the yeast will produce you know, ferment some sugars and produce some byproducts. And then the bacteria is like, oh, now I, now I have a new food source. And they just kind of go back and forth, create some very unique flavors. They ferment almost all of the sugars in the beer. And then we say, okay, now that there's no more sugar left in the beer, now it's, now it's time to do something with the beer. And the reason we kind of, we kind of draw the line there when there's no more sugar left is because, you know, we age in oak barrels uh, because it's great for micro oxygenation. You have a little bit of oxygen yep, from the yeah. air going through that keeps this uh, mm. these organisms moving along and yeah. metabolizing and alive. Um, once there's no more sugar left, ox the yeast shuts down and kind of hibernates. Goes but dormant. Yeah. Oxygen's still going in the barrel, and that's not a good situation. So we say, okay, we need to add more fermentable sugars, or or bottle it or keg it. Yep. Now with this beer, a wish for wings that work. Uh, we we liked the base beer and thought it had you know these positive fruit characteristics, which it definitely profile. does. So then we we added kiwis to it. Yeah, you definitely yeah. get that is, and it's not overwhelming. It's so suggestive, and yeah, kind like, of like not those mushy kiwis, but kind of those just slightly ripe, still have that kind of yeah, tart note to it. Got a few yeah. days left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, totally. No, no one likes a kiwi that's like no. five days over right. No. That gets that no. gets weird. No, that's weird. <laughs> Things got weird, it's like Mama. Sorry, <laughs> But that's um, I mean, that's one of those. I think one of the such one of the such fun things with making barrel aged sour beers, all the different fruits that you can ferment in them too, which is it's an ingredient that for the most part isn't opened up to most beer styles. But with sour beers, since you're fermenting the fruit, and just often, you know often fruits do have an acidic component to them inherently. It just lends so well to, to barely. That makes sense. And, you know, there's nothing, like, I love a nice bowl of fresh summer fruit. I'll take a lemon, squeeze it right on top, maybe a little bit of sugar, and it just all kind of blends together into a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that makes sense that the fruit and the acid seem to go together. Yeah. So what am I drinking? 
Oh, this isn't done yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, still we're still going. going. Oh, we're we're just like halfway oh, yeah. through this beer. Yeah, time. You, you, you think it's done? <laughs> so, kiwis. We got kiwis. Yeah, so we added the fruit, and then so we just added a bunch of sugar from the fruit, and that needs to ferment out too. And so what you're tasting in this beer is not actually like fresh kiwi, but you're tasting fermented kiwi, similar to like wine versus grape juice. Wow. Um, so we ferment out all the sugars. That takes about three months. Wow. And then with this beer, we, we had this, you know, you can also work with, you know, just like if you're, if you're cooking in a kitchen, uh, we have all these fun spices and other ingredients to work with. And we decided with this one to add some vanilla bean and some lemon verbena. So the way we add those spices is we have this, this one tank that's, we call it a torpedo. Um, we add those ingredients to that torpedo. And then we circulate the beer through that. And we just keep tasting it as we're circulating until we dial in that flavor profile that and we then want. Cut it, shut it down. Is that, it the, down. is that those... I remember this years ago. They had a, a, a machine that you packed full of hops. Yeah, and you yeah, force, yeah is exactly. That a tor, is that a torpedo? Yeah, yeah. It's Sierra Nevada. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a brilliant way yeah. of, of introducing... Um, the herbs and kind of that mixture. It's almost like a gin basket. We, yeah, we, we learned the hard way. You know, we started off just adding these ingredients right to the barrel. And, you know, when we added ginger right to the barrel to make Sour Tooth Tiger, we realized next batch that that ginger flavor stains the barrel. Oh, and, wow. You know, oh. you're not going to get ginger out of that barrel even if you clean it. And so, um, and you know, it's also harder to dial in that exact flavor. So, huh. yeah. You just learn and yeah, right. try and keep improving. Now, okay, so you 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 shot it with the torpedo. Yeah. So now we're now we're probably at like nine months total for making this beer. Wow. And how what's average? The, and what's the total and volume then, gone into this? Total volume, I don't know. That's I, like that ten barrels or. Oh, I'd I'd be shooting in the dark, but some some of our beers are ten oak barrels. Yeah. Some are two or three. It really depends on what we have in stock and. It's always less than production. Always makes less beer than the sales and marketing <laughs> side of us yeah, wants to sell. That's how it works. Um, but um, so then, then what we do is we put some of it in kegs and some in bottles. Okay. Usually, for the bottles, we bottle condition them, which means we add a little bit of priming sugar, a, some fresh yeast, some healthy yeast, put a cap on it, and just let that sit. And um, right now, it's another month or two to self carb. Wow. We, we, we feel like that's the best thing for the long-term stability of the product. Um, I don't know if you have any any takes on that from your side of things. I, but. I, I just, I enjoy the texture that adds. I mean, it's a whole other element. I think it's night and day when you have something, you know, bottle conditioned versus forced carb. I think there is a, a textural issue. Yeah. I think something always strikes home too. Ooh, I'm getting handed beer. Yeah, man. We, we, just, we just talked about it. You got to have some. Ooh, yeah. Isn't right? that? That white gap. Lemon, kiwi, vanilla bean. That is awesome. Yeah. That's it, like, it goes back yeah. again to like just respecting complexity in a beverage. I mean, there's so much going on fighting for your attention, but working in harmony. And I think, I think that's the art side we keep bringing up Absolutely. about it. It's like, yeah. it's funny. It, I did not, I don't get vanilla bean on the palate. I get vanilla bean breathing it in and more into my nose. Okay. Cool. And if you hadn't said that, yeah. it would have been like one of those things. I, I don't know what it was, right, but right, that right. that's where it helps to know what's in it yeah. and talk to who's making it because then you see these little subtle nuances that are coming out. Yeah. 
I think for me, vanilla always gives a perceived uh, creaminess. Like a, a, aroma-wise, when I held that up, it's the first thing that hits me. But it, uh, it I think, like rounds out uh, acidity or sharp edges on you know citrus fruits and stuff like that, and it makes it this kind of creamy, um, kind of overall texture and flavor that's really, really beautiful. Refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would do that for crank this back with a bunch of baked clams or raw totally. oysters and totally. like uh, this would help hold I'm I have a seafood issue no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit I do too I, I seafood and I, I eat, eat it that's it I have seafood issues but this this would pair really well with with uh, just about any seafood yeah cool I'm gonna have to try that out well we got we got seafood <laughs> right <laughs> now literally you got the aroma literally <laughs> Ten, 10 feet from us. Best part about drinking yes. in a grocery store is whatever you crave at that moment is uh, <laughs> right there. Yeah, right you there. can reach. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. all right. So that's, that is wings. A wish for wings that work. A wish that, a wish, say that. For wings that work. A wish for wings that work. A wish for wings that work. A wish for wings that work. tough one. I wish they worked. <laughs> they do. All right. <laughs> they went after that. <laughs> and um, all right, so let's so, go into yeah. So that's kind of like a like a quick high level overview of like how we make barrel aged sour beers. Um, something new that we've been working on, well at least we've been releasing this year is our sour IPAs. Um, we kind of got down this road because we five years ago or so started you're just trying to figure out how do you hops interplay with sour beer. Yeah. I mean, you're, we're just so used to hops being in every, every style of beer, yeah. but for sour beer, it's, it's, it was a little different for us. Um, I guess the risk of hops taking over the sourness? You know, what well, the, the challenges we had in the beginning was we would, were dry hopping our finished sour beer, and there was some weird stuff going on with the hop flavors uh, changing pretty quickly over time and we'd have you know in our first beer egregious we named it um, we would have it'd be great for a week or right. sorry a, a month um, and it would have these these tropical notes pineapple notes, pineapple and then, bombs yeah. yeah and then about a month in it started going in this weird like dill garlic no medicinal flavors that are not wild. as desirable as yeah. pineapple bomb <laughs> you know and so, um, dill and garlic. Yeah. So we were like, we're you like, can make pickles in it, then. right? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Nice pickle brine. Totally. Pickle brine IPA. <laughs> we, we we just um we just said okay well we're gonna make really small volumes of this enough so that we can only we can sell it out in like two or three weeks it's a refresh until we figure out how to how to work with hops and sour beer and that kind of went down this long road of you know us working with hops in every step of the process. And eventually that led us down this, this fork in the road where we were making sour IPAs where what we do for this one, Gallico Cat, is... That's, that's this guy? Yeah, Gallico okay. Cat's this one. Uh, we make a clean IPA, and it's on the, the hazier variety, as you can... All you listeners can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, that's It's also... A, it's, it's like creamy. It's also got layers. <laughs> that is... Yeah, it's... Uh, so that's um, with a... We call it Gallico because it's like Galaxy and Simcoe. Very um, clever. Yeah. You guys have great names. <laughs> it's definitely we're, less we're sour dorks, than yeah. the wings. Yeah. 
or dorks that like beer. Um, this is a first. And um, and so we we make a clean IPA and we keep the hops all on that side of things. And then we make we blend in some barrel aged sour to add a light acidity to it. And the reason we keep the hops and the sour separate is because that's just that's one of the approaches we we take right, right. to find like to still preserve that juicy juicy hop character yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, while also getting a hint of acidity so it's kind of like you know a hazy or a new england kind of style beer um, at its core but you know a lot of those are are juice bombs to begin with right. so and when you're also juice, very heavy it's like juice has yeah. an acidic component so mm-hmm. we're thinking well why not you know just have a light acidity going yeah. in there too. That That's is awesome. So tasting this soured IPA, yeah. The nose on it is one of the most beautiful IPAs that I've nosed. And <laughs> then you, <laughs> that I know. With, with, without nice. get without getting sexual. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the sourness actually lightens it up. It doesn't like a lot of I love New England yeah, IPAs. Yeah. But I can only have one. Yeah. Uh, or, or I got to alternate. Right. I got to have something that's going right. to kind of clear my palate. That, light. Yeah, we. I'd, I'd agree. The, a Paps. little bit of acidity can can increase the crushability. Yeah, that is phenomenal. Thank is you. so. I have a question though. Uh, hops. Yeah. Isn't aren't hops designed to kill bacteria? Yeah. And uh, did you run into any issues with the bacteria, like not is, wanting to fight and kind of just putting down their swords and? So that's that's the great part. Is <laughs> Running away from the battlefield. Yeah, that's the great part. Is that's what we we do want in this too. We want the we don't want any we, want, we don't want the bacteria to keep working. Um, so we do this at the very end. So wow. the 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 IPA has finished fermenting, the barrel aged sour beer with the bacteria has fermented finished, and then we blend them together and then we package it in the can or keg wow. right away, and we also put it in cans too. Uh, because we want, you know, we want people to just be in that mindset of drink this now. Don't don't put it in your cellar, right, right, right. It, which I think is, you know, a lot of people who are drinking barrel aged sour beer might be at that mindset of, yeah, I'm going to hold on to this for a year or two, right, or five. Or <laughs> what's what's the ABV on this? That one is just right around seven percent. Wow. You, have, you have, uh, definitely have a couple of them. Yeah, totally. This yeah, week. yeah. That is wild. I would have shared mine, but I finished it because it was so amazing. You and bastard. what was it? So it was Stone Age Love, which is oh, just yeah. a, a, another beautiful name. Thanks. As a, a man that considers myself like 90% caveman, it really, yeah. it really appealed to me. You, you wear it well. Thank you. You're Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, if, if, you're, if you're listening and you don't know Brendan... He's got, he's got, he's got a good caveman look. Yeah, no, it's the vibe I've tried to cultivate good, man. for many it's good. years. It's good, yeah. you own it. I'm, I'm wearing uh, like a saber tooth tiger pelt. It's <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, I thought you told us not to mention that, but you know now cat's out of the bag. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a, a beautiful uh, wild ale with cherries, and I <sighs> keep. Uh, why don't I grab some? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Hard, cool. hard I think yeah. I think you should grab some. Cool. Okay. <laughs> He'll be back. So, speaking of names, yeah. What beer names are out of control. They're <laughs> they're gonna be they're gonna be yeah, fun to come up with. I just I just saw a beer last night called. Oh, hold on a second. Called Jupe. J O O P. Okay. Okay. It's out of Pennsylvania, <laughs> and. Um, 
That's Jupe, fun to say. Jupe, Jupe, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. In the in the '80s, it was kind of a, it was, it was kind of a, you know, like a, a cologne that. Like, what was it? Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad, and it was called Jupe. So, what, what does it mean? Does it, well, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what it means. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, in in Pennsylvania, I guess the company got together in the Urban Dictionary. J E W P stands for something, not J O O P. Okay. But because it stood for that, I guess they got together. And if you're listening, just look up what yeah. J E W P stands I'll, for. I'll click that up. Yeah, that's yeah. Urban Dictionary is my <laughs> primary dictionary. So, so the team got together and pulled the label. And I guess I guess uh, f- you know Federal Cola didn't mind didn't see that, but they pulled it and uh, and that was it. So. <laughs> <laughs> they are redoing the label, so oh, I, okay. I'm trying to find a jupe. <laughs> you heard about this? No, I the, just walked back here. What's happening? So Vin, <laughs> Vinny showed me a, a, a beer from Pennsylvania called Jupe. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> okay. We're not gonna. You can look if you're listening. Just look it up. Yeah. Oh, Google I'm, that. Shit. I'm so out of the loop. Yeah. No, out of that jupe. I'm out of the jupe. Out of the jupe. Do it now. Based on the definition, that might be a good thing, right? <laughs> He's looking it up. Awesome. <laughs> got it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> that was a so that was a nice transition. You brought that back right in time. How yeah. how was the jupe, by the way? Uh, it, they didn't open the can. Oh, okay. they're kind of saving it because now they pulled all the cans and they're relabeling it. Oh, and uh, again, this I, is a, I think a brewery out of Pennsylvania. Oh, all right. It looks like I'm just getting ads for all these cars popping up. Well, that's good. It's like Jeep, Chrysler dealerships. <laughs> Damn I'll auto have to do this later. Yeah. When no, we go off, when we go off air, I, I don't know if I would pull it. Yeah. I, I, it's kind of like bad press. There, there really is no bad press. Own it. Yeah. You know, and if if it goes to the Urban Dictionary, it's not so bad. Well, I, I know from from our side of naming beers, I just know that all the easy beer names have been taken like any word you can think of single word that you don't have to look at a dictionary for has been taken and all the sayings have been taken every hot pun every oh yeah 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 (laughs) so it's just uh you you do have to get creative but it's also that's fun fun yeah it's kind of fun a lot of fun right and you can taste your product find out what all the flavor profiles are and then find the label for it and then yeah, start yeah. putting it all yeah, together yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right so what is what is this so this is this is stone age love it's a uh, <laughs> it's so good <laughs> it's, it's so like, good it sounds like it's a, it's a 70s porn it is i don't that's know what a, you're into a, over yeah. there, but, uh, <laughs> that's a good beer label 70s porn <laughs> that's all already right. taken it's, yeah. it, prob- it probably is yeah, yeah. um yeah, we, we named it Stone Age Love as um, as just like a little nod to cherries, which are stone fruit, and also a nod to, because it's um, golden sour aging oak with tart cherries, it's also kind of a nod to the the original, uh, you know, sour beer, and not the Belgians would hate that I'm calling it sour, but yeah, they're um, cringing right now. They're the totally cringing. Yeah. What is yeah. the what is the correct vernacular? Well, for for if you're in Belgium and it's a lambic, it'd be lambic or goose if if you meet this list of criteria, which you can only really call it lambic or goose if you're meeting well, that list of criteria. Kind of like champagnes. We're in are. we're in Dechicos, and it's an individual sovereign nation, mm-hmm. so you can call yeah. it whatever you want. Different <laughs> postcodes. Yeah. Well, he would he would. I think I've heard that the owner of Dechicos are 
Someone is a Belgian knight here. Yeah, so. yeah. Chris DiCicco is a, a Belgian beer knight. He was yeah. actually out there two, three weeks ago for, you know, he goes every year for the other knighting ceremonies, but uh, I believe three years ago he was knighted. That's wild. So, yeah, that's we cool. have, like, beer yeah. royalty is, yeah. is where wow. we, we so. yeah. That's so my I'm going to be I'm going to be extra careful not to say anything <laughs> incorrect about Belgian beers. But uh, but this is kind it's of like good. a the, the name is just a little bit of a nod to uh, the Belgians because you know they were they were making in Brussels they were making and all around there they were blending lambics and adding cherries to them and it was kind of a way to from what I understand a way to preserve the fruit past the harvest back before there was refrigeration if you can picture a day without refrigeration Um, and so that's kind of I think for us at least they've been the Belgians making lambics and fruited lambics have been incredibly inspirational to kind of get us in that direction where we're now you know making beers of kiwis which you couldn't source back then in Belgium but (laughs) it's kind of just like the evolution of how beer styles work so this is a nod to them in in a way this is perfection. This is like right in my wheelhouse. It's beautiful. Right on. Brenny juice, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cherry just there uh, takes, I don't, it does, does something to the sour, you know? It um, softens it, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it definitely softens yeah. it. Yeah. Like, sour cherries just good. Yeah. And um, it's because, you know, cherries are this dark, sweet fruit, and having that acid with it is just... It just works. But one, you- one, one thing we try to do right now with our beers is um, kind of have the acidity be a part of the flavor profile, but not the dominant right. part. And I think, you know, we've kind of, if, if you have a pendulum swing in, when we started out, our pendulum was on the not-so-sour side. And then a few years in, our, in 2016, our beers got, I'd say, assertively sour due to some practices we were doing. And now we've kind of course-corrected where we're kind of back in that sweet spot that we like. Where right. There's an acid component, but it's 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 not so sour that you wouldn't want to drink a, a full pint of right, it right, right. or anything not like so. that. I mean, this is totally just a, an exercise in, in balance. This beer. I mean, it is. It's. I don't want to say easy to punch somebody in the face with acidity or fruit, but I think the hard part is finding that that sweet spot. As you yeah, say, like this yeah. is right in the middle. You get the cherry, but you are not overwhelmed with fruit. You get the acidity, but you're not overwhelmed with acidity. It's it's just. Absolutely stunning, this beer. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Right yeah, on, and right that's... On. We'll take <laughs> it. Yeah, and it's really, it's balanced. And that's where, I think that's where I was ha- always having issues at the beginning when I first got into Sours. It's just, they were awesome expressions, but I would, if I... And I kind of like Lambics because they're balanced. They also have probably a thousand years worth of... Oh, they've been doing it. Some of them yeah. have been doing it for so long. Right. Yeah. And, um, Which is a great thing. Yeah. This is perfectly balanced. I get cherry. I get a slight amount of sourness. But I would also... There's a um, tapas restaurant that, that's near here. And they do a cold cherry gazpacho. Ooh. Wow. I want this yeah. with that. that. Yeah. So, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, this is delicious. All of these. And how many beers do you have kind of at any given time usually out in the market? Ooh. I don't know out in the market, Roughly. but I I think in 2000 last year 2018 we put about 40 ish beers in bottles, different beers, and then maybe another 40 ish beers that were just draft only. Wow, that was 
that's not normal but we just <laughs> had, we had a few we've had a few years under our belt and kind of like now like understand how to use different fruits and the right ways and things like that so um, and a lot of variety in there and if you're new to sours yeah do you have an and I actually taste like a virgin sour suggestion right yeah. <laughs> and actually every single one totally. that we've had are they're, they're, are, they're very different they're very different uh, there's nothing that's like punchy if yeah. you're not if you don't like hops you might not like um, but like what would be a good entry point if you're new to sours what I would recommend doing is kind of find a fruited sour that has a fruit in it that that you like so right. if you like cherries right Order a, order a cherry fruited sour. If you like guava, order a guava fruited sour. Some they have some flavor that you can recognize, um, recognize yeah. and tie on to. Right. I think that's that's a great first start. Yeah. And then um, on the other side of things too, if you're new to sours, uh, drinking a sour beer while you're eating some food can also be a great way to start too. So like huh. cheese and charcuterie, yeah. that's the that's, a, that's the, the way to go. That's the way to go. I mean, like in general. I think sour beer lends really well with pairing with foods because the acidity in the sour beer can cut through the fat in the food so well. So like the like if you get like a, a brie cheese or the right. this this cherry sour, yeah. the acidity just cuts through the brie fat so well and just kind of scrubs your palate ready for the next next sip. Yeah. Um, I agree I agree. I think sours are definitely a foodie beer. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you know, it's a phenomenal um, beverage to have with something that is normally like cheese or that's yeah. normally heavy or something like that. Yeah, I love, I love. I'm sorry. No, I, I love the different dimension that sours bring to the beverage industry. Yeah, we're so used to ciders and lagers and IPAs, and sours just takes it to a different level, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's great. And even doing, you know, like even within ciders, you know. Yeah, they're going. Chris from places. like Diner Bruco, like yeah, yeah, yeah. doing these Harvest really moon. interesting things with ciders, yeah, or great. just experimenting yeah. and seeing what works, what doesn't yeah, work, yeah. and you know, yeah. a, a beet cider, like that was yeah. a miso cider. A miso cider, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, Like who would have thought? To, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> cucumber nice. basil. So, yeah. what's? Do you have any? Do you have any holy grail that like you want to tackle that? You had mentioned earlier you always want to do a podcast at DeChico and Sons. Oh yeah, <laughs> we could check that off. Mission <laughs> that off the list and John drink at the same time. Did it? Yeah, I've check. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the driver can take me to the airport. I can just go home now. I'm retired. <laughs> no, I mean I think um, I think one thing. It's fun to always do something new, and I think we do a lot of that. But it's also I think something that's important to us and I think I think probably most brewers out there is to just like keep improving the product that yeah. you are making and it's not that's not as flashy or sexy of something maybe to the customer where it's like oh there's a new beer that I haven't tried I want to try that but if you like what I hope is you know two years three years from now when I'm back here at the table with you guys at the Chico and Sons That's and awesome. we're drinking yeah. Stone Age Love <laughs> again it's better than the time that we made it here and I think that can be like a little a little tough these days in the beer market where everyone kind of wants something new right. you know there's no like the days of flagship seem to be dead but there's 
there's something good for the customer about flagships where a brewery could make a beer 50 times a year and at the end of the year it's hopefully better than the, the one that they're making in january um i don't i don't think a lot of people are getting in like breweries are getting in the reps that they used to on the same brands but we're still learning other ways but you know when we make a beer I, you know i just we might be making some of the same stuff over and over again but it's slightly different and hopefully better and i think i think that's from talking to a lot of other breweries too that's what they're all striving for too you know and do you because there's such a long process in this because there's such long process is it hard to keep consistency like will this will stone age love always taste the same or will there be uh, it, slight slight differences because it, it, it will cause not it, yeah it won't it won't taste the same it's gonna there's gonna be slight differences well, that's actually really cool yeah it's, it's yeah. like a, it's like a vintage yeah yeah very much so yeah very much like a vintage that's really cool yeah. um real quick yeah so rare barrel is not just a name it has a purpose behind it correct oh yeah. yeah 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 totally. <laughs> the rare barrels yeah. Yeah, so I think there's like, you might have like a general misconception that we're named Rare Barrel because our beer was like kind of hard to get in the beginning. Uh, and it was, there was a scarcity factor, but that's not why we named our brewery that at all. Very good. <laughs> at all. <laughs> if anything, like we, we like wanted to make beer easy to get, but sour beer easy to get uh, back then, which is kind of funny. But um, the Rare Barrel is this idea that there's this one barrel in our barrel cellar that is better than the rest. And it's better than the rest because it's that perfect combination of oak and yeast and bacteria inside there and we we kind of came across this idea when we heard this story of this one oak barrel that was crafted in france made wine then it went over to new belgium was one of their first seven oak barrels to make their beer uh they labeled this one barrel ph1 and there were ph1 ph2 ph3 through seven and then that disappeared when it shouldn't have right and then um, Lauren from New Belgium found it when she was at Russian River years later and it had gone on to make amazing sour beer at Russian River and kind of start one of their sour programs, uh, one of their sour lines and so, oh and this this beer also shaped the La Folie beer the oh. La Folie profile in New Belgium which is like legendary. an amazing <laughs> and legendary beer from New Belgium so it kind A of holy like, grail Yeah, no, totally Yeah, yeah. it's original gangster (laughs) (laughs) OG Belgian style yeah the other side of the tracks yeah (laughs) and so um, so we heard this uh, about this barrel that kind of made amazing beer and shaped profile in New Belgium disappeared made amazing amazing beer Russian River and shaped the start of like beatification and we were just like oh there's like a common link and it's this barrel that just has is housing this perfect blend of yeast and bacteria so we caught, we caught on that and we decided to name ourselves the Rare Barrel with this idea that um, every now and then we organize a search for the Rare Barrel to find our Rare Barrel in our house where so we cool. invite um, friends, brewers, customers, club members, essentially the people we know who like sour beer to come taste through our barrels. And it's a two-day process. Painful. Uh, it's painful. Oh, yeah. It, man. Yeah, we're just hanging out, you know. Damn. You do have to be quiet during the tasting. It's <laughs> take it seriously. Yeah, you it taste like eight it. samples, rank them, and then we crunch the numbers and find the best barrel essentially in our place. And we serve part of it just so everyone knows what that tastes like. And then the rest of it though, and the majority of it is used to um, inoculate more wort and create more beer. So cool. 
Um, I don't know if any of the past rare barrels that we found are in this beer, but it's possible that there's you know some lineage of that yeast and bacteria. That's right. That and, and every year there's a new rare barrel. Not every year. Right okay. now we're at the every other year pace. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's that. it's uh, generational. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it. it's something. It gives it a lot more depth and character. That yeah. You, that's really that's really neat. How do you? So if we come out or when we come out to Berkeley, because yeah. we are rogues on the road. And why are you yeah. in Berkeley again? Oh, we're in Berkeley because the weather is perfect for barrel aging sour beer. Yeah, that was a go. nice tee up. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, fifty to seventy Ching. degrees year round. It's just that's the sweet spot for making Sold. beer. Yeah. And can if so when when we come out there? Oh yeah. With the Chico and Sons. Yep. Um, yeah. uh, flying on Delta. <laughs> <laughs> in the in the underbelly with the pets, right? We still fly Delta. Yeah. So. Um, is there? A, can you go there? Is there a tasting room? Yeah, we have a tasting room and kitchen. Uh, from the tasting room side of things, we have like eight to ten of our sour beers on tap. We also have uh, beer from other breweries that we're friends yeah, with. They're cool. making great beer. The the clean side of things. Why not? Right? Oh yeah, and then um, we have an awesome chef doing new American cuisine. She and she's making you know she makes the charcuterie in house holy she cow makes you're pork belly braised in our sour beer like oh, yeah, so I, eat too. I went on online was it yesterday or a couple days ago and was blown away by the menu it's, you guys have a a solid menu that absolutely pairs well with we, all of your beers it was it was a weird circumstance where we just were trying to we were doing a grilled cheese sandwich for like four years. And that was because Berkeley made us have a kitchen. We're like, okay, we'll do a $5 grilled cheese. We're not ready to be a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And then we were going to open up like a small cheese-focused program. And then our chef applied. And That's Chef cool. Karis Wall is way more talented than we thought we'd ever be able to have someone to work with. And she joined our team and just kind of took it to the next Blue level. The so, yeah. yeah, come to come to the Rare Barrel to eat. Don't come out of a drink. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we can't. We, we yeah. partake. We'll pitch a tent yeah. and yeah. hang out and, you know, drink Rare Barrel and have some great food. So, yeah. um, rarebarrel.com? Yeah, rarebarrel.com or the rarebarrel.com. Both of them will get you to the same place. Fine. We'll yeah. take you some weird. Or just uh, the rare barrel on Instagram, and that'll keep you up to date with great. what's going on, too. That's great. And, and where do you guys uh, distribute? So we do most of our stuff through the tasting room, a little bit around the Bay Area in California, okay. select shops in California. And then more recently this year, when, when we go out to travel for a fest or something like that, depending on the area, we'll send a little beer and do kind of like a one-time drop. Perfect. So we just did up here. I'm up here for the Juicy Brews Fest in Hudson Valley, and uh, did a did a little drop with a little little bit of draft, a little bit of bottles up here too. And we thank you for that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Alex, yeah. thank you so much for an education in sours, and it sounds like the education is not done. It, it's a progression that keeps going. So when you yeah. come back here, whatever, next year, the year after, or we come out and see you, we, we'll have to get an update on Sounds on, fantastic. On, Part two. Yeah. yeah. Um, but huge education. So thank you. Brendan, always. An absolute pleasure, gentlemen. We, 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 we had love three having mics. cavemen. I know. <laughs> we, had, we had three mics. I'm like, we got a fourth. I right. You just got to come and just show up. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no problem. I, I also camp, so whatever you guys want, I'll be there. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got a whole new set of podcasts coming. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks thank for you for coming. Me. Make sure you go out, uh, go online, check out uh, therarebarrel.com. Uh, come by to Chico's and uh, pick up some of your rare barrel. We love Sour. it. Sour. All Cheers. right. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.